0: This week, I decided to be more intentional about the way that I used my time. I spent less time on screens and more time in the Bible. And the main way I was able to do that was by listening to it. I don't know if any of you have tried listening to audiobooks instead of reading a book. But the nice thing about listening to it is that you can do other stuff while you're taking in the content. This week i spent a lot of time driving more than i have been up till now for the last several weeks anyway and i was able to get through quite a number of chapters of the new testament i finished the second half of the book of john and then i finished the entire book of acts and the entire book of romans and then the entire book of first corinthians and i'm halfway done with the book of second corinthians and the reason that i'm telling you that is because i found myself struggling sometimes to take all of that in because that was a lot of content i know some of you hearing that right now are just thinking to yourselves whoa i could never listen to the bible that much i don't know how you did that well you could and you can and the reason you don't feel like you can and the re- or that the reason that you feel like you couldn't do that is because you haven't conditioned yourself to do that. I'll wager that your sum total for the entire week, if you're feeling that way, of how m- many chapters of the Bible you listen to a week or read a week is probably max one but then let me ask you this how much time do you spend every day not every week, every day scrolling aimlessly through Instagram Snapchat, Facebook or whatever else it is and then take that time and compare it to how much time you're spending in the Bible and then tell me again whether or not You could spend that much time in the Bible in one week. Well, I bet if you turn on screen time on your phone, if you have an iPhone, I'm sure there's some Android way to do it, you'll be surprised, unhappily so, at the amount of time you're spending wasting time on social media. No doubt some of the time you're spending on social media is useful and productive and gets some good done in the world, at the very least, maintaining or even perhaps improving a few friendships here and there. But you probably spend at least one hour a day on social media of some kind or another. Many people spend more than that. And then add up how many hours that is in a week. And then you say that you're too busy to spend time in the Bible and to pray Okay. (laughs) Oh, then you say you're too busy to spend more time than reading a couple of verses or a super quick devotional on your way to work or right before you get out the door or something like that. Get out of here with that, man. I'm going to call you out. Today, I was told that I was being very sassy. (laughs) So I'm going to take the sassiness here for a minute. What are you doing with your time, man? It's almost the end of 2020. No more excuses. No more bad habits no more wasting of time opportunities and potential it's time to step things up into high gear and to be all who we can be for god for this world for ourselves time to change the dissatisfaction pattern in our lives and to do something that fulfills us and i'll tell you what there are a lot of people who put their worth, even Christians. I'm going to talk about Christians for a second, okay? There are a lot of Christians who say, oh, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. And then when you ask them, what's God doing in your life today, or this week, or lately, or whatever, they don't have anything to say. They're like, well, uh, get out of here, man. If you are a Christian, you have a true, real, life-changing experience with God. And if you say that you're a Christian and you don't have that type of experience, I would challenge you to evaluate your life and figure out why that's the case. Chances are, if you're not having a transformative experience with God, it's because you're not making it your priority. We always say, oh, I don't have time to do this or I don't have time to do that. Usually when we say that, it's about good things like working out, eating healthier, and spending time with God. But guess what we have plenty of time to do? We have plenty of time to watch Netflix. We have plenty of time to scroll through social media. We have plenty of time to do all sorts of things that don't really matter. And then we tell ourselves, we pat ourselves on the back and say, Oh, well, you know, I'm just so busy right now. Give me a break. And we want people to have sympathy for us. That's so pathetic, man. So pathetic. Let's pause for a second and recognize who's given us everything that we have. Let's pause for a second and recognize that if we are putting our worth and our treasure in things that are not eternal, things that can be taken away from us by circumstance at any moment, then we are seriously failing at life massively failing at life and so this week i decided i wasn't going to fail at life (laughs) so i imposed a goal upon myself that i want to finish the new testament by thanksgiving and so what's that mean for me it means basically i'm going to listen to one book of the bible every day or half of one if it's a long one for revelation maybe i'll split that up into three days but if you think about it philippians is only a few chapters all the epistles are short they're just letters they're only a few chapters long jude is one chapter third john is one chapter it's a few paragraphs you know it's really not actually as bad as it sounds the gospels are the long parts i'm actually going from John to Revelation and then I'm going to go back and knock out Matthew, Mark, and Luke um, in that order. And so what's the point of all this? It's not just to call you out and to make myself sound cool or or whatever, right? The reason I'm saying all this is because when I was reading these chapters and listening to them, I came across this these two verses, John 12 verses 42 and 43. It says, Right before this, actually, Jesus had just predicted his death on the cross. And then verse 37 says, But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. And then verse 42, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Man, that's, that that really struck me. This chapter, chapter 12 of John, has a few different things going in. Did you know that there was a plot to kill Lazarus after Jesus rose him from the dead? Because they didn't like that there was such a powerful testimony to Jesus' divinity? A lot of people didn't know that. That's right before Jesus has the triumphal entry where he... Rides the donkey and everybody puts palm branches down on the ground and says, Hosanna to the son of David. And apparently a lot of the people who crowned him as the king, as the Messiah, ended up calling for him to be killed just a couple chapters later, just a few chapters later. See, they had this idea that he would be the Messiah who would free them from the earthly things that they didn't like. That's an oversimplification essentially but they believed the messiah's kingdom was of this world and they were sorely disappointed when jesus did not meet their expectations and then like i just read many of the rulers believed in him but because of the pharisees they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of god that's my question for you today Do you love the praise of men more than the praise of God? Sometimes that's been my story. But I tell you what, this week I filled myself up with so much scripture. You know what? I realized (laughs) maybe this is in part why I feel so sassy today. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Now, a lot of people say, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'm my own person, right? That's just a bunch of posturing and stuff. No, but seriously. I really don't care what people think of me anymore. Now, let me rephrase that. I do care about the the perceptions people have of me. If there's somebody who cares about me and has a godly attitude. And is in a position where they can rebuke me or encourage me, etc. Because... In those cases, those people are able to help me on my journey with God. But other opinions, for example, let's say I have a hater for whatever reason, and they don't like that I say something about what I believe, etc. Let's say even though I said it with tact and courtesy and respect, they were offended because 2020 apparently is the year to just be a victim about anything and consider that virtuous and also to just be offended about stuff and be considered very pious for it well i don't care because all i care about now is what god thinks of me because guess what if what i'm doing and saying and the way that i'm living my life pleases god then that's all that matters the opinions of anyone else that differ with what God thinks of me, that differ with God's, that are at odds with God's approval of me, are irrelevant immediately. I just cast them off. Because if God approves of what I'm doing, what the way I'm living my life in obedience to his word, then why should I care what a mortal man thinks of me? Or if that offends them don't misunderstand me i'm not saying we should be rude and tactless and lack courtesy in what we do but seriously how weak are so many of us because we care more about the the praise of men rather than the praise of god being the first priority in our lives have you ever thought about god praising you <laughs> Have you ever thought of God admiring you or not maybe maybe that's not even the right word for it not admiring maybe a better way to say it is have you ever thought about God being pleased with what you're doing in your life the way that you're obeying him there's a story in acts it's beginning in chapter 3 i believe it is yes chapter 3 where peter and john are doing all sorts of miracles they're healing a lame man for example they're speaking to the people about jesus and the same pharisees from the book before in john who made those rulers afraid and had threatened to cast them out of the synagogue which is called excommunication which is basically for a jew in that time that was the worst thing that could ever happen and basically same as now um those same Pharisees told Peter and John that they couldn't speak in the name of Jesus. They arrested them. They beat them. They put them in prison. And then this is what they said. Verse 13, or verse 12 of Acts chapter 4, Peter says, Nor is there salvation in any other, speaking of Jesus, for there is no other name under heaven. Given among men by which we must be saved. And verse 13 is amazing. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Man. And then in seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach nor teach in the name of jesus but peter and john answered and said to them whether it is right in the sight of god to listen to you more than to god you judge for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard jeremiah 20 verse 9 goes along with that quite nicely and this is what jeremiah says of his own experience and i pray this is what you can say as well He says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Peter said, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Guys, there will come a time, the Bible tells us, where the people of God will be persecuted. In some places of the world, that's already the reality for many Christians. And there's going to be real opposition to what we have to say, which is the gospel. Right now, the little pressure that you feel when it's awkward for you to share your faith when the Holy Spirit impresses you to do so, that's nothing that's literally nothing you're afraid of what people will think of you because you care more about the praise of men more than the praise of God I'm guilty of that more often than I would like to admit but guys why do we care so much about what people think about us and and if they'll not like what we have to say if they'll not like our story who cares they need to hear it anyway and once again let me reiterate i'm not saying to just shove it down people's throats and to be rude and tactless and to not care about how we come across but what i am saying is that you should be bold in your walk with god you should know in whom you have believed so that like peter you can say I cannot but speak the things which I have seen and heard. Well, guess what? If you aren't seeing and hearing things of God, of which to tell other people, then maybe you should change that. Maybe you need to spend more time in the Bible. Maybe you need to impose some heavier diet of scripture and prayer in your life like I've been doing this week. may not be an entire book in one day, but at least one chapter maybe, maybe a little bit more time in prayer so that when somebody asks you, well, what's God doing in your life right now? You'll actually have something to say instead of being at a loss for words. Hopefully that makes sense. And you know, normally I might feel a bit inclined to apologize for coming across a bit intensely, but I'm not going to do that. Because I cannot help but speak the things which I have seen and heard. Of which God has done in my life. I've been taking in the scriptures this week and I feel full with the word. And I've been digesting it and I've been meditating on it and I've been putting it into action. I've been using what I've been given in the word this week and sharing it with other people. And it's helping me grow stronger spiritually. I want that experience for you as well i want you to experience the holy spirit being active in your life in a way that you've never even fully believed that he could do he's right here he's waiting for you to just invite him into your life it doesn't matter if you've been a christian for a long time or just a short while or maybe if you're still even undecided the holy spirit has so much good he wants to do in your life He wants to give you so much more fulfillment he wants you to care more about the praise of god than the praise of men because really the praise of men is vain and fickle and it changes with the wind especially in our culture right now where cancel culture is just the stupidest thing that has ever happened anybody can be canceled and then the cancelers turn on one another and you know what this culture of cancel this cancel culture is unsustainable Because eventually they will run out of people and things to cancel because they'll figure out every single thing in the world because of sin is flawed. And guess what? That's true. It's all flawed. Everything. The only perfect thing is God. The only perfect thing is the Bible. All we can do is look to Jesus and ask him to give us grace to represent him well in this world. To ask uh, to ask him to give us an experience with him that we can share that is compelling, not just well I was raised a Christian so I'm a Christian. It's like <laughs> when did that ever compel somebody else to look to Jesus for their hope and for their restoration, for the absolution of their guilt from the sins that they've committed? When has that ever healed somebody from the pain of trauma? When has that ever taken away the sharpness of the bitterness of betrayal because somebody was cheated on? When has that ever assuaged the gnawing, terrible, empty feeling that we're left with when our best friend cuts us off? No, no, no. We have to have a real experience with Jesus. That's what I've discovered in my life in the last few years. That's what I'm trying to cultivate. And you know what? The more that I do so, the more I care about having the praise of God, and the less I care about having the praise of men. Because guess what? God's never going to die. He's eternal. But every single human being is going to die, and their opinions are going to go right down to the grave with them. So why should I care about what they think or what they have to say? Why should I care if they don't like the gospel that has changed my life? When I say why should I care in that context, I mean why should I be offended by that? Why should it make me be silent about the transformation God has done in my life? You tracking with me? Jesus has an invitation for you in... Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. He says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jeremiah thirty-one three, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you jeremiah thirty one thirty three but this this is God speaking, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and i will put I will be their God, and they shall be my people. God wants to do so much more in our lives than we can understand. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Isaiah 65, 24, It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are still speaking, I will hear. Isaiah 26, 3, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Psalm 7:10, My defense is of God, because he saves the upright in heart. I'm just rattling off some promises to you to remind you of who God is to you and why you shouldn't be afraid to be bold for him, to represent him. Don't be like Peter who, when Jesus was on trial, denied even knowing Jesus three times because he cared more about the praise of men than the praise of God. Let's be like Jeremiah who said, Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not.